Yeah, yeah, more. I'm going to have somebody drive me. I'll be riding my scooter, but I'll be there. What a, what a great time. Hey, where's, where's, where's all of our John Tyler graduates? If you're a John Tyler graduate, stand to your feet. Not 86. 86, y'all stay seated. 86, stay seated. What years? 75. You forgot. It's been too long. 78. <laughs> 57. Hey. 88. All right. 97. 96. 89. Wow. I think, did you say 54? 57. Tyler High. And now they've gone back to Tyler High. Well, we went to John Tyler. That's what <laughs> Woo! Now where's all my class of 86? Stand up. Woo! Come on, give them a big hand clap. Good to see you, George. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. You may be seated. What a great time. So, see, listen, we got legacy in the house. I mean, we, we've got some, some people that have gone on before us. And uh, we've got many. Where, 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 who's, who's at John Tyler right now? Here and here. And I know we've got a lot more, uh, a lot of our students on Wednesday nights. And so, we, we, you know what? We, we have those that went before us. And uh, we were there. We did our part to tear the place down. And, uh, and now there's those coming up after us uh, who are doing their part. And uh, you know what? But thank God, uh, we, got, we, we got some Robert E. Lee in the house too, don't we? Yes, yes. I know. I know. We're not going to forget y'all. Miss <laughs> oh, Wanda, you, she taught English. How long did you teach? 30 years. You're right there at Robert E. Lee. Yeah, yeah. And so... I had a few, few, few. I don't have any of my teachers around. I gave them all nervous breakdowns. A few counselors told me I would never amount to anything. But uh, that was before high school. That was at at, at Bolter and and, and Ramey when I was riding on the mop bucket. And uh, don't, Sharon, don't be telling the stuff on. Don't be telling those stories on me now. Listen, some of these guys know more stories than they need to tell. Y'all remember Miss Bell? We were in the cafeteria and I was going to spit a spit wad at my friend. And I spit it and he dodged and stuck right on Miss Bell's glasses. Back to the principal I went. Mr. Mayfield, y'all remember I was out there? I was always the one out there on the tree banging the chalk. Yeah, sweeping the bus. Yeah, many, 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 many trips to uh, that principal's office and detention. Hey, they can't do that back then. Now they just put you in a in a little room and shut the door. That was the greatest thing. I got some of the best naps in there. Yeah. Now they don't do that anymore. As back in the days. Oh my goodness! I can't get on all those stories. Coach Haggerty all over there, Bolterman. Anybody get his paddle? We all forgot our uh, 
our PE suit one time, and he took and brought a box of them and threw them in the floor. So, okay, pick you up one. Every time you bend over, pickle one, he lights you up. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Whew, that bottom field over at John Tyler, man, that... Uh, Listen, now, now, now they got the nice little water, uh, you know, the little pipe and all the little hoses and all the stuff. Man, they come down there, big orange buckets. We didn't have time for the button. Throw the lid off. Everybody's dipping. By the time you get to the bottom, it's dirt and grass. And they don't care. You're, you're dying of thirst. And you know what? We all survived. Nowadays, they're bubble wrapping these kids up so they just can't let these let them experience life. Let them have fun. Make it, it makes us strong. We went through some stuff, but man, we survived. We survived. You got that? I had a couple of pictures I wanted to show y'all. Uh, this first one, well, you, you got that? This is when we, when we were in high school back in 86. This, this was us. No, not that one. That one! Man, I messed it up now. Wasn't that us? I mean, in our prime. Looking good. I mean, that mane. Look at that mane. It's still there. Yeah. But after 37 years, where's that next one? There we are. <laughs> I got some teeth missing that. Look at that one ear. That one ear has done been chewed on. That's messed up. Does anybody know the feeling? Yeah. I want to I wanna just share. We were at the football game. We were playing the fight song. And somebody had messaged on Facebook. Said, do they still play Big Bad John? I said, oh yeah. They're, they're still playing it. And uh, they played the fight song, and they just played. So I was just, just, just thinking and uh, just kind of what we've been talking about here at the church. Last week, we talked a couple weeks ago about go, going from pouting to, to, to shouting. And, uh, but you know what? Some of us have lost our fight. I want to just talk to us a little bit. Last time y'all were here, we talked about restoring the roar. Getting our roar back. And you know what? But I want to talk to us today, just the whole church. If you're joining by Facebook, we're so glad that you're here. Gather your family and come on, get, let's get them in the, in the living room and let's have church right where you're at. But I want to talk to you today about getting your fight back. Life has a way of turning us from that first line into that second one. Life is not easy. Life is tough. And we have some battles and some fights. And we go through some things. But thank God, he said, He that endures to the end shall be, shall be saved. You say, Pastor, I'm not there yet. Everything hasn't worked out. It's not the end yet. If you'll hold on, amen, you will make it. But sometimes we lose our fight. Sometimes we lose our roar. Sometimes we lose some teeth and one eye's gone and your ears all deformed. And you know what? All of those scars, you look at, I mean, you, you look in wildlife. You just look at some of those old lions that, that walk in there all scarred and looking like that. Those other ones, they don't mess with them. You would think, oh, go jump on that one. He's the weak one. No, but they look at that and they go, he's been through something. He survived. He knows how to fight. 
Life didn't take him out. It made him stronger. It made him tougher. I'm not going to mess with him because he was here way before me and he'll be here after me. Life has a way of hurting sometimes and we lose our zeal. We lose our passion. We lose our fight. But I just want to talk to you for a few minutes on how to get your fight back. We look in 1 Kings chapter 19. If you have your Bible, you can go there, but I'm fixing to read it to you. I read something funny this week. It said a, a, a Texan went to Australia to, uh, for a vacation. He got to Australia, and the Australia farmer began to take him on a tour, and uh, the farmer showed him a, a big wheat field. The Texan said, oh, we, 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 we have fields, wheat fields twice that big. They walked on a little further, and the, the Aussie showed him a herd of cattle. And the Texan said, oh, we have longhorns way bigger than that, bigger herds than that. The conversation kind of was at a standstill, and they were walking through, and all of a sudden the Texan saw a kangaroo hopping across the field. The Texan was kind of puzzled, and the Aussie go, oh, I got him. The Texan said, what are those? And the Aussie said, oh, y'all don't have grasshoppers in Texas? <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas. First Kings chapter 19. Let me read you this story and then we're going to just look at some stuff in it this morning. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and that he killed all the prophets with a sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow... I don't make your life like one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. He came to a broom tree and sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him, said, get up and eat. He looked around by his head. There was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here? Have you ever had God speak to you and say, what are you doing here? How, how, how did you get in this shape? Where, 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 where did life go wrong? What happened to put you in this situation, this circumstance what are you doing here? And the Lord said, get out, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for you, Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altar, put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord said to him, Go back the way you came. And go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel. And anoint Elisha son of Shaphat. From Abel Melah to succeed you as a prophet. Yet, 
I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal and all whose mouths have not kissed him. Let's just pray for a moment. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much today for your word. Thank you that you've gathered us together in your presence. And Lord, I thank you that when we go through life and we find ourselves in places that we don't even know how we got there. Lord, I thank you that you're the God of another chance. You're the God that picks us up and renews our fight, renews our calling and our purpose. And we just pray today that you would stir something within us as your word speaks life to us. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. If y'all don't know it, we're, we're in a battle. Life is a fight. Life's not a vacation. It's not always easy. We go through things, but as we go through things, amen, those things are not to break us, but they make us. Everything that we've been through in our life has made us who we are today. And yeah, we've got some scars, and we've got some stories to tell, and we've got some stories of of battles lost, but we've got some stories of battles won. And the thing about it is, we're still here. And the Bible says, and I know we're proud to be lions, but the Bible says a live dog is better than a dead lion. So baby, you feel like a dog today, but if you're alive and there's breath in your lungs, then there's hope for your future. Paul, he he went through some battles and he went through some fights, yet he didn't give up. And he said, fight the good fight. Lay hold of eternal life. And then when he got to the end of his life, he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have ran the race. Now there is laid up for me. I'm telling you, there's laid up for every one of us a crown of righteousness. And when it gets our time, thank God we're going to receive it. But until that time, we've got a fight to win. I'm not ready to give up and lay down and say, Lord, just put my crown on me and and, and let me enter into my eternal rest. No, no, no. I've got a fight to win, a battle to win, and I've got people to win, and I've got people to love, and we've got people to reach out for Jesus to, and we've got family members to bring to restoration, and we've got some folks to love. So our battle is not over. But what kind of fight? What, What kind of fight have you been fighting? We can look at all the different things. I've been fighting a spiritual battle, a physical battle, a financial battle, a a battle with sickness or disease or with with this or that, with all kind of fights. But my question to you is not what kind of battle, what, what fight is fighting against you, what kind of fight are you fighting against it? What kind of fight are you putting up? Because there's times when we lose our fight. And we just let... The enemy have his way. You know what? It's too tough. I'm just going to give in. I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to quit. I'm not going to push through. I'm not going to have hope anymore. Excuse me. I'm not going to keep fighting. I'm just going to sit down or lay down. Or No, 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 no. The fight is not over. Let's, I want to just take a few things from Elijah's life. And let's just look at how he lost his fight. And how he got his fight back. And how he ultimately won his fight. Because that's the purpose that we all want to do today. uh, From the youngest to the oldest. Is we want to win our fight. What's a a good fight? Probably he said fight the good fight of faith. What is a good fight? Well I just kind of figure a good fight's the one you win. Yeah. And did you know? You say what's the definition of, of winning a fight? Get up one more time than you fall down. 
the righteous falls seven times, but he gets up again. I mean, you're, you're, you're not perfect. We're human. We're going to make mistakes. Thank God His grace. He said, yea, thou walk through the valley. Sometime we're in the valley. Sometime we're on the mountain. Sometime the valley comes up and the mountain comes down. Thank God. Sometime He makes a way in the desert. But sometimes, I mean, we get out there and we feel like we're all alone and we're fighting a battle and we don't have much fight to give. Here's Elijah. I mean, he, he, he fought a fight. He stopped the rain. He prayed. It's not going to rain for three and a half years. At my word. And guess what? Not a drop. That's a win right there. He was supernaturally provided for during all that whole famine. He called down fire from heaven. He gathered 450 prophets of Baal. And he prayed. And God sent fire from heaven. And burned up all of the, uh, the, 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 the altar. Burned the wood. Burned the stone. Burned the sacrifice. And then he killed all 450 prophets. That's a win. And then he prayed, and it rained. That's a win. I mean, you see, he had some wins in his life. How many have some wins in your life? I mean, you can look and go, man, I won that battle. I did that. I fought hard. I prayed down rain. I, I defeated that enemy. I fought hard there. I've, I've won that. And he did all of this, and then he lost his fight. He did all of that, and Jezebel said, I promise you, by this time tomorrow, you're going to be dead. And he ran for his life. And he ended up under a tree, discouraged, depressed, and he said, I just want to die. Have you ever been there? You lost your fight to the point you didn't even want to live. You thought there was no life worth living. That, that there could never be any hope from beyond where you were at. We can't remember the good. We couldn't remember all of the times that we won. We don't, when you're in that situation, you don't remember calling down fire from heaven and praying. All you can see, they want to kill me. Life's not worth living. Just this week again, we lost a friend. My son lost a dear friend. Took his life. People get to a place of hopelessness. We're losing our veterans day by day and people that feel hopeless and feel like the world has forsaken them and people are taking their lives. Suicide rate among teenagers, it's going up. People are hopeless. They've lost their fight. They've lost their will to live and we've got to find a way. How can we get our fight back? Because life is worth living. Maybe you're watching me today and you, you're, you're there and you, you feel hopeless and you're, you're contemplating. I'm telling you today, life is worth living. Don't give up. Elijah, he's, he's been under a strain for three years. Remember, sometimes when you speak a word, you've got to live under that word. Elijah said, it's not going to rain. And it didn't. But he was dry too. You better be careful before you speak cursing over other people because you might be living under that. It's not going to rain. But it didn't rain on him either. And his water dried up. And his food was meager. And his clothes were getting tattered and worn. Yet God provided and God sent him people and God supplied bread and water and God sent him to the, the widow of Zarephath and, and God did a miracle for her too. Because I'm telling you, just because you're in a battle, somebody's fighting a bigger one and you're the answer to their prayer. 
Here's a man discouraged and depressed, called of God, but here is a woman who said, I'm going to fix my last cake and die. She wasn't going to die of depression. She was dying of starvation. But he was the answer to her prayer. You're the answer to somebody's prayer. You've got to fight not just for you, but the people around you. Amen. The fight that you're fighting may win or save your children or your spouse or your parents or it could save a generation. You can't lose your fight because people around you are fighting a battle also and they're trying to win. And we've got to win. To help them win. Elijah had been under this strain. He'd been running. He's a fugitive. And now then, he had hoped for a revival. He had hoped things would change. He had hoped that when he prayed and called down fire from heaven and killed all the prophets of Baal, that all the nation would go, hey, wait a minute. We were wrong, God. We understand. We repent. He was hoping, kind of like what happened to Jonah. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because he said, I know what kind of God I serve. That if I go preach and they confess and repent, God, you'll save them and forgive them. And he didn't like them. And he wanted them to die. So he was running. He lost his fight because he didn't want God to win. But God put him there anyway, didn't he? And they did just that. They cried out to God and God heard, had mercy and God spared them. And Elijah was hoping maybe when they see this that they too will turn and will have revival in the land. But that didn't happen. Ahab and Jezebel was so wicked that all it did was make them angry. And they took out their wrath on him. Elijah, he, he, he thought, they thought this, when, when's this going to stop? When, when is this going to stop? When are people going to start being nice to me? When are my enemies going to be sweet to me? When is everybody going to stop being so mean to me? When? Probably never. We're always going to have enemies. There's always going to be those when you try to do right and you live for righteousness. There's going to be people who don't like it. I just, I, I started to put it up. I, I, I forgot. Uh, I saw a picture this week of a big line, and it said, Some people just won't understand. They're not your people. Come on, some people just won't understand or get you. That's okay. They're not your people. Find your people. Fight with your people. Love your people. Amen. Win for your people. Everybody won't understand it. They may not agree with you, they may not go along with you, and they may even fight against you, but we can't quit. Elijah, now he's feeling alone. When you get alone, it's only you. And nobody knows you like you. And everybody wants to go somewhere else to get away from their problems. But remember, wherever you go, there you are. You can't get something we just got to work on me. Sometimes I got to work on me because it's me that's the problem. It's not everybody else. And Elijah's all by himself, and now then he's throwing a pity party, and he's saying, I just want to die. So what's the results of all that? He ran for his life. You ever run for your life? You ever get, want to get away from family, get away from friends, get away from your church, get away from everybody? I just got to, I got to get away. I'm telling you, that's not the answer. So Elijah got away, 
He's tired. He's exhausted. He wants to give up. He's stressed. He's pressured. His family, his job, his kids, his wife's driving him crazy. Oh, no amens on that one. We got a lot of smart men in the house. They know when to say amen and when to keep quiet. (laughs) But what did Elijah do when he felt like this? And what did God do? I love it. God said, hey, Elijah. What are you doing here? What are you doing? You know, that, that, he, it was just a question. God's asking you that question today. He knows where you're at. He knows where you're living. He knows what cave you're in. He knows what tree you're under. He knows your emotions. He knows your feelings. He knows your thoughts. And He's asking you today, Why, why are you here? Why are you where you're at? Why are you feeling this way? Why, why are these emotions uh, uh, overtaking you? Why are you having these thoughts? And then he just let him ponder on it a while. He didn't bother him. He just let him rest. Listen, there's something. Thank God. Aren't you glad God's a God of a second chance? A third, a fourth, a fifth. Amen. His mercy is new every morning. Every day I get up, I get, to do, I get a do-over. I get to go to bed at night and my sins are covered in the blood. Washed and forgiven and forgotten. And I get to start a new day afresh. Thank God. (laughs) But listen, Elijah's going to come back. He's going to make a comeback. He's going to turn a setback into a comeback. He's about to get a rebound. Anybody, Anybody play basketball? You know about rebounds? What's in What's important? about rebounds you see it it is happy it happens to be one of the most important skills of a player because every one misses what do they say you miss every shot you don't take and you miss a lot of the shots you do take but the more shots rachel the more shots you take it is good to have you here she flew in for her 21st birthday Miss Rachel DeCampos. Happy birthday. Listen, she may be only, how tall are you, four foot two? No. She's five foot. She's five foot, but all those other players are tall, but she is so fast, and she can shoot. But she knows. Do you make every shot you throw up? Of course not. So the importance of rebounding. There's no need to rebound unless you've attempted a shot. But when you've made that shot and you've missed, and there's a, there, there's a lot of reasons we miss. Why are some of the reasons we miss? Well, number one, perspective. Sometimes when we take a shot in life, our perspective is off. For, for, for some reason, the, the way we were looking at the goal, what we saw and what we did didn't match. What was in our mind and what left our hand didn't quite match up. There's a lot of reasons why we miss the goals that we set for ourselves in life. Sometimes they're unrealistic. You're not going to make every shot from half court. The closer you get, the better chance you have of making it. So stop throwing all these Hail Marys thinking, I mean, sooner or later you might get one. I mean, the other night we threw that long pass how many times? 
But finally we got one. Finally. And it's frustrating when you just keep trying. But you know what? Well, You've got to keep working yourself closer to the goal. Because the closer to the goal you get, your numbers go up. Sometimes our perspective is off. Sometimes the shot's too short or it's too long. It's too hard. It's too soft. But somewhere the per, our perspective. We need to work on our perspective. Getting our goals and our, our, our perspective right. Getting God in the equation. Number two, opposition. Isn't it amazing how when you're out practicing by yourself, you can just pop them? But it's different when you got somebody in your face. It's different when you got somebody trying to get the ball away from you. When you have opposition, or that we, we, but we're going to have opposition. In this world, you're going to have tribulation. We have a devil. We have an adversary seeking whom he may devour. But who will he devour? Not me. Everybody say, not me. Come on, determine today you're not going to be the prey. I'm not going to be defeated. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm a winner. I may miss my shot. I may have got my perspective off a little bit. I may have some opposition. I get in your face and obstruct your view. And, and then sometimes, God forbid, we're mistreated. You ever get, anybody ever get fouled? <laughs> anybody ever do the fouling? When I was in junior high, I was playing basketball and his homecoming. All my whole family came to see me play. I fouled out in the first quarter. <laughs> I, I, was, I had a lot of energy. Back then, all those, you know, all those ADHDs and ADDs and all that stuff. I bet I had all that. I didn't have medication. My mama had a belt. That usually fixed the problem real quick. Sometimes we get mistreated. Sometimes we get fouled. Somebody, sometimes somebody's unsportsmanlike. And we, we can't get all bent out of shape. I mean, when, we, when we, we take a shot and somebody comes in, you know what? Go for the rebound. Don't worry. Don't stop and pout because somebody did you wrong. Or somebody made a bad comment on Facebook. Or because somebody didn't like what you were wearing. Or who cares? You're going to be, in life, you're going to be mistreated. Sometimes people are going to say and do things. You've got to shake, take your shot. And if you miss it, don't worry about them. Follow the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. Go for the rebound. Any coach, they'll tell you, you've got to rebound. You go, go after your own rebound. Don't, see, what would people say? Well, I'll shoot and miss, and somebody else will get it. No, 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 no. When that ball leaves your hand, you better be headed for that goal. If it goes in, wonderful. If it doesn't, you're there ready for a rebound. In life, when you take a shot, don't just take a shot. There ain't nothing more. You see the cocky people? They take the shot and just turn around and walk like it's already done. And then when it misses the whole goal, they're kind of, they feel silly, don't they? Listen, let's get our head in the game. Listen, this, this thing is serious. We've got to get our fight back. We've got to, you're going to miss shots, but you've got to go for the rebound. 
How did God help Elijah get his fight back? Well, first of all, he didn't do nothing. He just let him rest. He fed him. You, you, you notice how he, he, didn't, he didn't get on to him? He didn't, uh, he, he didn't, you know, scream or holler or tell him, get up, what's wrong with you? Why do you feel this way? God, God knows how we feel. He, he made us. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He understands human emotion. And he let him rest. And then he gave him some food. Oh, we say around here all the time, don't ever make a decision when you're hungry. Don't ever make a decision when you're mad. Don't ever make a decision when you're sleepy. Listen, he allowed him when you... when He had been fighting a good battle. He had been winning some great victories, but he's tired. He's weary. And the Lord allowed him to sleep. Did you know 60 to 80% of people with depression also report sleep deprivation? Sleep deprivation affects your decision-making. I like this, this quote. Sleepy subjects choose to quit the task prematurely or take unreasonable risk. When you're tired, you make dumb decisions. Sometimes it's okay to rest. It's okay to take a break from the battle. You just can't go AWOL. You can't quit. But it's okay to get some R&R. It's okay to take a vacation. It's okay to get some rest. And God allowed him to rest and sleep. And then he gave him some angel food. And he ate that food. And he went for 40 days and night on one meal. That must have been a good meal. We ate good last night at Miss Houston's. That brisket, that sausage. Oh my goodness. I'm going back there for one of them turkey legs. Some of them, I was reading, I was reading all the menu, those loaded nachos, and I was like, I'm going back there. Lake Placid Road off 155, go down there, Miss Houston's on the right. Um, but you know what? I ate, I ate, I was so full, but you know what? I'm going to go eat lunch here in a few minutes. But he ate whatever God fed him. When God feeds you, it'll last a while. Amen. God will give you something. What you eat in the natural doesn't last very long. But when God gives you something, it'll last you. God fed him. God allowed him to rest. God said, take your time. I understand. I got you. I'm going to feed you. And he goes for 40 days and 40 nights. And he's resting. And then he got some bread in him. He got some word. And Jesus said, you, you, you can't live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. When you're weary, when you're tired, when you've lost your fight, that's the time to open your Bible and begin to read and say, Lord, what are you saying to me? Lord, where's, what's my game plan? Amen. You're going to find a lot of people in there that went through some battles and they quit and they, they def got defeated, but they got back up and they won. You're going to find out you're not the only one that ever made a mistake. I thank God for the Bible because it has everybody in there that did every kind of crazy thing and God still used them and he picked them up and he gave them another chance. That gives me hope. He fed him. He gave him rest. And, and then he asked him again. Elijah, what are you doing here? Now, Elijah's had some time to rest. And he's had some time to think. And he's had some time to contemplate. Why am I here? 
And then he said, oh, dear Lord God of Israel, let me tell you, I've been fighting. They're after me. They want to kill me. And I'm the only one left doing anything for God. I know Elijah couldn't hear it, but God was like... He does that to us sometimes. He's really laughing at us. But he doesn't tell us. He's good. Let me wrap this up. Halfway. You know what George Burns said? I like this. George Burns said, The secret to a good sermon is to have a good beginning and a good ending. And to have the two come as close together as possible. (laughs) Well... Already went too long for that. So, he said, Elijah, what, what are you doing here? What, did, what happened after Elijah ate? He was, he was under the tree. He by the brook. He ate. He rested. The brook dried up. And then he went 40 days and he went back to the mountain. He went back to the beginning of his experience. He went back to where he first met God. He went back to when. Oh, we sang that song a while ago. Let the youth see a vision for the future. And let the old dream a dream. And I was sitting there thinking, well, I guess I'm just a dreamer. I'm too young to see the, see the future. But, but you know what? There's one good thing. I don't know if y'all are all in my same boat. I'm fixing to be 55. Y'all about right there with me? Listen. We're about to get free coffee at Whataburger. There's good things that come with age. When I'm 55, I'm going to be proud of it too. I'm walking right up to that counter and I'm saying, Senior coffee. I'm not going to be ashamed of it. No way. Elijah went back to where he started. He went back to his roots. He went back, because I'm telling you, when we got out of high school, when we were in high school, it was just about school and doing your homework and, and practice and going to games and all that. And, but all of a sudden, graduation, and some of, you went, some of you went to college, some of you didn't. I went to TJC. I went to Bible school. Then I went to TJC for one semester, met Amy. I was done. I let her go the rest of the time, get her degree, teach, do I do all that? I, I went what I, I got what I went for. But Elijah went back to where he experienced God, and he had another experience with God. It's time that we come back and we find out, Lord, what was it that you told me when I was young? What did you speak to me in my youth? What what did I have a vision for? What did I have a dream for? Because sometimes we look at our life and we go, wow, I, I hadn't measured up to everything I'd hoped for. But can I tell you this morning, God's not disappointed in you at all. God's not mad at you. He loves you. He's proud of you. And he still has a purpose and a plan for you. And he can get you to where you need to be from where you're at. Maybe it's under a tree or maybe it's in a cave. But God is saying today, why are you here? Find out why you're there. And then God said, come out here. I want to show you something. And he stepped out of that cave. Sometimes you've got to get out of your cave. You've got to come out of hiding. And you, he came out. And all of a sudden, a hurricane wind came. There's God. No, God wasn't there. 
fire. Whoo! God wasn't there. All these things happened, and all of a sudden, God spoke in a still, small voice. Elijah, I got a job for you. See, I, I, I love God because he, he didn't get on to He didn't say, you big dummy, you quitter. He didn't say none of that. He let him rest. He let him eat. He let him mully grub. He let him whine. He let him do all of that. And then God said, hey, come here. I got something to tell you. And then he just gave him his next assignment. He just said, Elijah, I want you to go down here. I want you to go anoint him. I want you to go anoint him. I want you to go find Elisha and anoint him to be the prophet after you. He just gave him his name. God's not concerned. You're, you're, you're not disqualified because you had a moment of discouragement. He's not going to, amen, quit, up, quit on you. He's got another job for you. He's got another assignment for you. He's got your purpose and your plan. Amen. He said, I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. They're plans for good and not evil to give you hope and an experience. Expected end. And no matter how he felt, he just said, Elijah, I got a job for you. And then when Elijah's all packing up, ready to go, then the Lord just puts a little P.S. on it. Oh, Elijah, by the way, because remember way back when Elijah said, I'm the only one left. I'm the only one doing anything for God. I'm the only one in my family. I'm the only one in my church doing anything. I'm the only. God said, oh, hey, by the way, I've got 7,000 over here that haven't bowed their, nailed, their knee to bail yet or kissed him. I've got other people that are working. I've got other people. You just got to go find them. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Listen, you don't, don't hang around. We're lions. Let's stop hanging around hyenas. Come on now, we, we're, we've been created for better than that, more than that. Come on, we got to rise up and go, you know what? I got to go find my pack. I got to go find my pride. I'm not hanging out with these, these losers anymore. I'm not talking about y'all. You get back to your place. You get a new vision of God. You, you, you hear God's voice in a new way. Adam heard God's voice walking in the garden. Samuel heard God's voice in the tabernacle. Isaiah heard God's voice and he spoke to him and said, I mean, I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips. Jesus heard his voice. The disciples heard God's voice. Listen, it's time that we hear God's voice again giving us our new assignment. What have I called you to do? It's amazing. Long, long, long time ago, back before refrigeration, they would bring these big chunks of ice wrapped in hay and there was a group of men in there working in, in there and a gentleman lost his pocket watch it's precious to him it was handed down by his father and they searched and they looked but they couldn't find it finally they, they all gave up they quit they went to lunch when they came back there was a young boy standing there with his pocket watch he said how, how did you find it he said oh it was easy I just waited till y'all were all gone, and it was quiet. And I lay down in the hay, and I heard the ticking. And it led me right to it. 
It's time that we get away from all the voices saying that we can't and quit and give up and hearing the enemy speak and friends and all the, 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 the naysayers. It's time that we get in a quiet place with God and we hear the ticking. And we go, God, I, I, I hear your voice. Give me, give me a new assignment. Give me a new purpose. Give me a new plan. Amen. We gotta, we've got to hear what you want us to do. We've got to go where you want us to go. We want to be who you've called us to be. A young man, he lost his job. He's having trouble in his family. And he went to the preacher. And he's in the preacher's office. And he's ranting and he's raving. And he's finally, he just raised his voice. And he said, I've begged God to give me an answer. Preacher, why don't, the God, why don't God answer me? The old preacher sat across the room. And he said a reply. But he said it so soft. He couldn't. It was indistinguishable. The young man stepped across the room and said, What'd you say? The preacher repeated himself, but he said it in a tone and such a soft whisper. The man moved closer. He got finally right to the preacher's chair and right down and said, What did you say? I'm sorry I didn't hear you. With their heads together, the preacher said, God sometimes whispers. So we will move closer to hear him. Today, maybe you won't hear him in the whirlwind. You won't hear him in the hurricane. You won't hear him in the fire. But I promise, if you'll get close to him, he's speaking. If you'll draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. He's saying something today. What's he saying? Oh, Psalm 46.10, David said, Be still and know that I'm God. Sometimes we just got to get in that place. To where we can hear God. And guess what God did for Elijah? To that day, right then, Elijah packed his bags. He had had enough pity party. He had had enough. He was, fear left him. Remember, what, what did God say? Go back the way you came. So I, I know sometimes we, we, we run, but God's going to put you, He's going to send you right back. So don't go too far, it's going to make the journey longer. He had to go right back and face Jezebel, but now he wasn't afraid. Why? He had his time. He had his exhaustion. He had his pity party. He had his all that. But when God gave him new purpose, and when God renewed his fire, and when God gave him his fight back, he's like, I ain't scared of Jezebel. I just called fire down from heaven. He began to remember what he'd done. I called fire from heaven. I said it's not going to rain, and it didn't. I said it's going to rain, and it did. You know what? I'm going to get about my father's business and not worry about one person trying to kill me. You probably have more than one trying to kill you. Don't worry about it. Get about the father's business. You're not going to go until it's your time to go. So, let's dig in. Let's get our fight back. He got his fight back. He went back. He anointed that one. He anointed that one. He found Elisha. And then remember that story? Elisha started following him. He said, hey, what do you want? I want a double portion of what you have. I'm going to tell you something. Elisha did not want a double portion of his discouragement. He didn't want a double portion of his whining and mully grubbing. No, 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 no. He, he, that was in the past. He got his fight back. And when he got his fight back, Elisha saw it and said, that's what I want. And Elisha got it. He did twice the number of miracles that Elijah did. So I'm telling you, when we get our fight back, 
It's the generation behind us that's going to say, I want to be like that. They've been through some things. They've got some scars, but they didn't give up. They didn't quit. Yeah, they had their moment in the cave. They had their moment under the tree, but they got back up and got their fight back. And now they finished strong. Can I get a big amen? Amen. Give Jesus a hand clap. (coughs) Ever head bowed, ever eye closed. Those of you at home watching right there in your living room. I'm going to tell you something. God's got a purpose for your life. God's got a plan for you. He loves you. He knows how you feel. You're in this building this morning. God knows where you're at. He's asking you, why why are you there? Maybe this morning you're on the mountaintop. Maybe you're just fought of great victory. Maybe you are at the pinnacle of what you're supposed to do, but... There's many that may be under that tree of discouragement. Maybe they're in that cave of despondency. Maybe they don't know why they're there. Or maybe they do, but they don't know how to get out. It's time that you have a fresh encounter with a loving God. It's time that you hear that still small voice giving you your next assignment. It's not too late. You haven't blown it. You haven't gone too far. There's no sin you've committed that can keep you from your purpose if you'll just give it to Jesus. Today, it's time. You've been running long enough. It's time to give your life to Christ. It's time to give your heart to Jesus. It's time to surrender your plans, your purposes, your talent, your ability to a loving Heavenly Father and say, Lord, Do with me what you want to. I want to fulfill my purpose and my plan. What is your plan for my life? What's my next assignment? Father, I just pray right now as you're speaking to different hearts. You're speaking to those that are at home. Those that are sitting in these chairs. You're speaking to me. Why are you here? How did you get here? I've got better for you. Get up. Eat. Rest. Be refreshed. I've got a new purpose for you. With every head bowed and eye closed, it's between you and the Lord. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've been under that tree and despair, discouragement. I've been stuck in that cave thinking I'm alone and there's no one left but me. But today I need to hear God's voice just telling me He loves me. Giving me a new assignment. Giving me another chance. I just need God to wrap His arms of love around me. Pick me up. Get me in a better place. If that's you, just slip your hands up where you're at. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, I see those hands all over the building. Yes, just between you and the Lord. Yes, if we're just praying, yes. You just put them up, put them back down. The Lord knows right where you're at today. Today, if you're here, if you're watching me online, you've never given your heart to Jesus. 
If you were to die today, you're not 100% sure that you would go to heaven. I want you to pray. It is your time. It is your season. It is your day of salvation. It is time to give your life to Christ. Would you pray with me, those in the building, those watching at home? Would you say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died on a cross for me. I believe that you were raised from the dead and that you're coming again. Today, I give my life to Jesus. I confess my sins. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. Father, I just pray right now that those watching online, those in this building, Father, that prayed that prayer, there's something supernatural taking place in their heart and their life right now. Lord, their sins are being washed away and you are born in their heart and their life and Lord, you're going to begin to lead them and guide them and change them from the inside and Father, give them a purpose and a plan. Father, I just thank you for every person that raised their hand today. Lord, that they don't want to be where they're at. They want to get in a better place. They want to come up. They don't want to be discouraged or sad or despondent. They don't want to be sidelined on the fight. They want to get their fight back. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you would infuse them with new joy and new strength and new passion and new fire and zeal for life. I pray that you would speak to them now on their drive home, tonight in bed, in dreams and visions. Lord, you begin to direct their future and that you begin to get them from where they're at to where you've called them to be. Give us our fight back and let us get back in the battle and win. And Father, for that, we want to say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Somebody give Jesus a big hand clap.